it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just so you know, this show is about scary stuff. So don't say I didn't warn you guys. And remember, don't be scared. Episode 61, Ethan's Laws War Baby here with another episode of Murderous Minors. The county and state departments tasked with protecting children in this country constantly make the news for a multitude of generally negative reasons. I mean, their job seems so easy, right? Protect children. But clearly, there are obstacles and bureaucracy and poor management and lack of funds and countless valid reasons why what the public sees so clearly in hindsight is usually too large to see until it explodes in our faces. DHS, CPS, DCFS, or whatever it's called in your state, we've all seen reports of the deaths of children who are supposed to be being protected by the system. When a child is removed and placed elsewhere, especially with family, we think, oh good, now they'll be safe. And I'm sure that's what those around 7-year-old Ethan Hoschultz felt, knowing how overtaxed the foster care system has become. If there's a relative to take him and his siblings, bless their heart. So in 2016, Ethan was removed from his family's home in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, along with his siblings, Three of the four kids were placed in the care of their great-uncle, Timothy Hoschultz, and his wife, Tina McKeever Hoschultz. The state refers to this practice as kinship care, and the fact that he was a convicted felon didn't hinder the decision. Timothy had an extensive criminal record, including a felony child abuse charge from 2009 that was pled down to misdemeanor disorderly conduct after he stayed out of trouble for 18 months. He had been accused of assaulting his sons by hitting them with a six-foot-long carpenter's level and then hitting the older boy in the head with a piece of wood. But his convictions date back to the age of 15 when he was in a bar fight and attacked a man with a tire iron. Three years later, he joined in with friends in beating a man who ended up in intensive care. At 19, he violently robbed a convenience store, threatening the clerk with a butcher knife and terrorizing her over a measly $200. She told police she could tell he was having a good time. 
While expecting his first child, Timothy received his first prison sentence. He told the judge, quote, I put memories of darkness in people's minds. I hurt people physically. If I don't change my life, they'll have to always be afraid of me or wonder if I'll attack them or anyone else again. He told the judge he needed treatment for alcoholism, anger issues, and psychiatric disturbance. But the judge said, quote, The only thing this court can do to protect society from him is to put him in prison. The judge also said he had, quote, no business fathering children before he was given a total sentence of almost eight years in prison for the robbery as well as for writing bad checks. Ten years later and free again, Timothy attacked a fellow diner in a local restaurant holding a knife to his throat. Ten years after that would bring the child abuse charges. Seven more years brought Ethan and his siblings to his home. All of this case information was and is free to be found at the Manitowoc County Courthouse, but by the time late 2016 came around, Timothy was the best fit to care for these children as multiple neglect cases had been opened against the mother and one against their father, Timothy's nephew. Of the substantiated reports made to CPS, two determined that the mother had neglected all four of the children, one determined that the father had neglected all four children, and one concluded that the mother's boyfriend had physically abused Ethan. Of the unsubstantiated claims, the oldest dates back to 2009, when Ethan's mother was accused of unborn child abuse while pregnant with one of his sisters, followed by a neglect accusation of the sister nine months later against both parents. 2012 saw a report of abuse against Ethan's twin by an unnamed abuser called the, quote, unknown maltreater in court documents. Six months later, a claim of abuse of the twins and one sister came in against the mother, and in September of 2015, she was again accused of neglecting all four children. One of these unsubstantiated claims contained allegations of sexual abuse against one of her daughters. According to the Manitowoc Police Department, the mother's home, which was owned by her mother, was the source of over 50 police reports in just under a two-year period, from 2013 to 2015. Eleven were loud music complaints, eight were dogs on the loose calls, eight were 911 hang-ups, five were for disorderly conduct, two were for child abuse, and the rest were for issues like underage drinking, suspicious persons, and curfew violations. Ethan's mom's house sparked her neighborhood to implement a neighborhood watch group as they were used to her grandmother residing there in a quiet, elderly kind of way. What they had now was what her lawyer would call a person, quote, with a different lifestyle than her grandmother. The property eventually racked up thousands of dollars in fines with the city and was deemed a nuisance property. According to the Herald Times reporter, SWAT had been to the property, suspicious people had hidden in neighboring backyards, and suspects were interviewed by police in neighbors' driveways. Though Andrea and her kids always lived there, various other adults resided there at different times. A period of relative quiet had recently taken place in the winter, and her lawyer attributed this to some of the occupants of the home being in jail. Ethan's grandmother, the property owner, signed a nuisance abatement plan making her responsible for trying to control what went on at the property she was ultimately in charge of. All four of the children were removed the following year. 
The five-bedroom, three-bath house on Clover Road in rural Newton, Wisconsin was spacious at 3,600 square feet and sitting on almost two acres had plenty of room to raise the five kids who'd now be living there. In addition to Ethan, his twin brother Anthony, and their eight-year-old sister, their great-uncle Timothy's teenage stepson and daughter already lived there, as did his wife, Tina. She spent the week in Green Bay, Wisconsin, so she could attend community college, and Timothy owned a business washing barns. Well checks were conducted by the Department of Health Services only until legal guardianship was official, then it was no longer required. This left Damien and Tina's older kids to take care of the younger kids. Damien, at 14, was subject to the same harsh punishment as the younger kids, but had the added task of supervising their punishments when ordered to do so. Ethan had gotten in trouble at school for talking back to his teacher, and Damien was in charge of his punishments that day. It was a frigid day, April 20, 2018, and Damien had zero interest in having to spend two hours outside walking laps. But he was in charge of the twins' punishment when they were doled out by Timothy, and Damien himself had been recently assigned laps as well. He'd given the kids Bible verses to memorize, and when Damien failed to do so appropriately, he got one week to walk laps around the yard for two hours per day, carrying wood. That's what Timothy called the punishments he gave the kids, carrying wood. He told investigators that he makes them circle the wood pile out back while carrying a heavy stump, allowing them to stop and rest for five seconds at the end of each lap before picking the wood up again and continuing the cycle. Ethan's legal guardian called the boy clumsy, acknowledging that the yard was muddy and wet from recent snowstorm Evelyn, during which the boys had also been forced to carry wood. That Friday, April 20th, was the final day in the kids' week of punishment, and Damien was fed up. Every time seven-year-old Ethan's tiny feet slipped in the slush, he landed on his back. The 45-pound tree stump he was forced to hold in front of him as he marched would hit his chest and knock the air from his lungs. Apparently, Ethan and his twin brother had been dropping their piece of wood every five minutes, and Damien was growing more and more irritated. The boys marched on in the cold for more than an hour before Ethan fell and didn't get up again. The other kids thought that he was just messing around, not wanting to get up and finish out the two hours on his feet. Damien pushed him face down into an icy puddle, stripped down to his regular clothes, warm boots and coat removed. He weighed over a hundred pounds more than Ethan, yet he stood on his back and on his head. In the end, he endured 100 kicks and blows, and when he stopped getting up from the ground, Damien brought shovelful after shovelful of snow from the lawn. He packed the little boy in, piling approximately 80 pounds of ice on top of and around him, making sure to leave his face unobscured. Damien told investigators, quote, because we knew he had to breathe, like, I'm not that stupid, then chuckled when telling them that Ethan was now, quote, in his own little coffin of snow. The other Hasholtz kids in the yard that day urged Damien to uncover little Ethan, and when they did, it had been almost 30 minutes. Damien said he realized they could have an issue, and that they, quote, may have made him a bit cold. He called Timothy and Tina multiple times and told them that Ethan was, quote, playing or acting like he's dead. 
the adults arrived home and they drove Ethan to Holy Family Memorial Medical Center, where he died surrounded by his family. On the way to the hospital, Timothy told Damien they needed to get an attorney and not to say anything that would get anyone else in trouble. Damien said he was told to tell police if asked that nothing had happened or that Ethan had fallen from a tree. He described being bored and feeling trapped in a prison-like home once Timothy and Tina became legal guardians to the three younger kids. He said they took the fun out of his life. Let me just take a minute and tell you guys how glad I am to have Audible in my life. The current situation has caused every event I've been looking forward to to be postponed, including the last podcast book tour to promote their last book on the left. The minute the book was released, my daughter downloaded it into our Audible and I was so happy that I could enjoy it on release day. I couldn't have done that without Audible, so if you need a bit of impromptu joy in your day, visit audible.com warbaby or text warbaby to 500-500 and get your first title free. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and membership gets you one credit per month to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to daily news digests and guided meditations. Text WARBABY to 500-500 or visit audible.com slash WARBABY and get ready to bring some joy into your day. The police report stated, Damien said he doesn't say no to Timothy. It is not worth arguing with Timothy. Autopsy results concluded, quote, strenuous physical punishment outdoors and prolonged environmental exposure caused the death of the second grader. In addition to the hypothermia, there were multiple blunt force traumas to the head, resulting in an acute subdural hemorrhage, and to the abdomen and chest, breaking his 11th rib and causing a kidney bleed. There were abrasions and contusions to the neck, head, chest, abdomen, and back, as well as soft tissue bleeding. An infrared image revealed an actual boot impression visible on little Ethan's back. Days after Ethan's death, the children's mother said, quote, He was in the care of his uncle's 14-year-old son for two hours. When his uncle got back, they found Ethan unconscious and they drove him to the hospital. She told WIXX Fox 11, quote, I was picked up at work by a sheriff and they told me that Ethan had been taken to the emergency room and that it was not good. When I got there, Ethan did not have a heartbeat, his temperature was 23 degrees, and they worked on him for five hours, giving him CPR at the time and still couldn't get a heartbeat. I want justice for my son. The person responsible should go to jail for a very long time. Nobody has gotten arrested. I mean, my child died for no reason whatsoever. Um, when his uncle came back, uh, Ethan was unconscious in the backyard and he drove him to Holy Family. She had informed me that Ethan had not had a heartbeat for quite some time. Uh, when you're that cold, your heart doesn't work by itself. So what they were trying to do was warm up his body temperature to get his heart to start again. Um, they were giving him round the clock CPR. A lot of people lost their lives that day. Um, I lost my life, my son lost his life, and the people responsible are ultimately gonna lose their life too because this is a situation that could have been handled a completely different. Once you uh, have your children, you don't imagine you have to bury them. A mother is not supposed to bury their child ever. Ten months after Ethan's murder, arrests were made in the case. 
Damien, who was by then 15, his mother, Tina McKeever Hoschultz, 35, and Timothy Hoschultz, 48, were all charged on February 6, 2019. Damien was charged with first-degree reckless homicide, three counts each felony child abuse and felony substantial battery, and was held at Sheboygan County Juvenile Detention Center with a bond set at $150,000. Timothy admitted to assigning the discipline that eventually led to Ethan's death, and he was charged with felony murder as a party to a crime, two counts of intentionally contributing to the delinquency of a child resulting in death as a party to a crime, two counts of physical abuse of a child causing bodily harm as a party to a crime, and misdemeanor battery as a party to a crime. His bond was set at $100,000. Tina McKeever Hoschultz was charged with two counts of intentionally contributing to the delinquency of a child resulting in death as a party to a crime, and two counts of child abuse slash failure to prevent bodily harm as a party to a crime. Her bond was $75,000. Following Ethan's death, many wanted answers as to why the Hoschultz siblings were placed in the permanent care of a man who was once told by a judge that he had no business fathering children. A spokesman for the State Department of Health Services told Herald Times reporter journalist Doug Schneider that even if an individual is charged with child abuse, caseworkers cannot take that into account if they're ultimately convicted of a lesser crime. He also said that the fact that Ethan and Timothy were related may have helped offset his violent criminal history and stint in prison. There just weren't enough viable options for placement available to not roll the dice. The County Health Services Department was presented 14 written questions from the Herald Times reporter, seven of whose answers were, quote, Manitowoc County cannot comment on a specific case. One of those questions pertained to how often individuals convicted of child abuse were allowed to have children placed in their home, to which they responded they didn't have the statistics available to answer, which means they weren't even attempting to keep track. Three months after the arrest, Tina McKeever Halschultz's attorneys requested a competency exam and she was ruled incompetent to stand trial in July 2019. The judge had her placed in an inpatient facility for treatment. 15-year-old Damien was charged as an adult automatically per state law which requires all cases of murder involving kids 10 to 16 to begin in adult court. A reverse waiver was requested by the defense in this case, but it was denied in January 2020. The court determined that Damien had not met the criteria to have his case transferred to juvenile court, and doing so would diminish the severity of his actions. February 2020 saw Timothy Hoschel's attorneys requesting a change of venue, citing, quote, extensive and inflammatory local media coverage as an obstacle to a fair trial. The publicity from this case is extremely prejudicial. It portrays Mr. Hoschultz as a felon and a child abuser. It portrays him in the worst possible light. The defense also alleged that Manitowoc police continued searching the Hoschultz home after Timothy revoked consent, claiming they took the shovel, swabs of blood, clothing, and pieces of wood into evidence after he was no longer in the property. He'd given police permission to search the premises and home only while he was present. 
The only promising thing to happen since Ethan's murder is that a bill, dubbed Ethan's Law, has been presented by Senator André Jacques. It already has bipartisan support throughout the legislature and is expected to be introduced in the next session. Ethan's Law will strive to keep children from being placed with individuals who have had a child abuse charge reduced or who have pled guilty to a lesser charge in a child abuse-related case. He was placed with somebody who should not have been entrusted with his care. I mean, there were red flags all over the all over the place. In Ethan's case, it's just it's just beyond horrific. We need to put those safeguards, those guardrails in place. It basically precludes placement with a non-parent who has a history of child abuse and these these violent offenses. It basically says that um, you know you, you can't just say. Well, gee, we, we only have uh, so many options. Let's just stick them with, you know, a family member that, you know, we have concerns with, but maybe it'll work out because we, we're, we feel like we're under pressure to make a placement. Uh, the, the people who are in charge of placements at the county level, I think, are, are very accepting of putting this restriction in place because it's going to make it very clear as opposed to leaving a gray area where they then have to justify one way or the other why they did or didn't make what could be a a very at-risk placement. There is also an Ethan's Law in Connecticut, which passed in 2019, named in honor of Ethan Song, who accidentally shot himself while at a friend's house. No charges were brought against the gun's owner, local private investigator Daniel Markle, whose father was former New Haven, Connecticut state's attorney Arnold Markle. He gained notoriety for trying cases tied to the Black Panther organization back in the 70s. The gun was kept in the master bedroom closet inside a cardboard box that was covered with clothing inside a large plastic tote. There were actually three guns in the box and all had working trigger locks, but the keys and bullets were kept in close proximity. Under Connecticut state law, criminally negligent storage of a firearm can only be charged and prosecuted if they can prove who loaded the gun. In this case, they couldn't prove that Daniel Markle had put the guns away loaded. It was eventually determined that the two teens had gotten the guns out on multiple occasions, unbeknownst to the owner. Ethan and Shane were the only two people in Shane's home when Ethan was accidentally shot in the head with a 357 Magnum on January 31, 2018. Although the gun owner wasn't charged, his son Shane was, with second-degree manslaughter and first-degree reckless endangerment, which they charged based on the fact that he admitted that they had taken the gun out on multiple occasions before this incident. His case was kept in juvenile court. Ethan's parents said, quote, We had heard that was coming down, and we had felt that a 14-year-old child shouldn't really be responsible for what happens with guns in their house. That's the role of the adult in the house. It's heartbreaking to us. We loved this child. He spent a lot of time in our home, and we don't place the blame on him. We place the blame squarely on his father. In June of 2019, Ethan Song's parents settled a wrongful death lawsuit they had filed against Daniel Markle and his PI firm for $1 million. They had accused him of not properly storing or keeping loaded guns in his home when he should have known that the kids had access 
They allege that he failed to teach his child gun safety or inform the parents of kids who came to his home that he had unsecured weapons inside. Ethan's mother told the New Haven Register, quote, We sued Mr. Markle because we have always felt that Ethan's death lies at his feet. He would not stand up and take responsibility for his actions and instead threw his child under the bus. We want to send a message to gun owners that they need to take personal responsibility for their deadly weapons. They are the only ones who brought the guns into the home and they should pay the ultimate price, not the children. Access to guns accounts for a majority of suicide in children and accidental shootings. Eight children a day lose their life because the gun owners did not secure their weapon. Kristen and Michael Song have become gun safety proponents, campaigning hard to have legislation in Connecticut passed designed to keep kids safe. The new measure requires gun owners to store firearms in a securely locked container if there are minors in the home likely to gain access without the owner's knowledge. And we began to talk about what we could do to help keep kids safe. And it seemed that gun storage and the way guns were stored was leading to a lot of real tragic things in our country, in our state, uh, school shootings. We see accidental deaths like Ethan's and even teen suicide. So we felt this one issue might crystallize a lot of support because it's really all about keeping those guns secure. It's not about taking guns away from anyone. It's just saying right. if these guns are secured, kids are much less likely to have that impulsive moment where they take them out and maybe do something that ends up shattering a community, which is really what I feel happened with Ethan. And some people do a fantastic job of securing their guns. We feel, a lot of our friends, our gun owners, we feel totally safe having our kids at their homes. It's when guns are unsecured that it, the dangerous things can happen. Right. So, and, the, and those parents are even interested in asking their friends who have guns. So mm -hmm. it really has started a lot of good dialogue. I think it's healthy. I mean, we went years and years and nobody asked us that question. Right. One last note about the Ethan Hoschultz murder case. All three are still awaiting trial, and I'll let you know what happens in the future. One interesting recent development is that on April 13, 2020, bail was posted on Damien's $100,000 bond, and he was released from custody to await his next court hearing at home. It wasn't reported who bailed him out. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode, but until then, take care of yourselves out there, and don't be scared. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.